is a hope that through this effort, we can encourage a, a sense of shared identity around common humanity, common compassion for our shared humanity. Welcome to The Dismantle, creating community, not converts. Welcome to Dismantle Podcast, a place for community, not converts. I'm your host, Joey. On this show, we attempt to dismantle an issue that poses as problematic for the church by having a discussion with a guest who has insight or experience with that subject. Now, we're not always going to agree, but we're not going to argue because our goal is to build bridges and not barriers. Our guest today is Troy from the Instagram handle Religion Shouldn't Hurt. Troy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for joining us and making time for this. I'm excited for this interview. Absolutely. This is, this is great. So before we dive into it, Troy, can you give our listeners just a little bit about who you are and some of the work that you do? Sure. Um, yeah, so my name's Troy. I am with the Religion Shouldn't Hurt campaign. We are um, secular and religious folks standing together to amplify voices of religious trauma survivors and uh, other folks who are deconstructing out of fundamentalist religious um, backgrounds. Um, we uh, have launched a social media campaign to that end, working to grow it and grow the conversation um, as much as we can moving forward. Um, we're on all social media platforms uh, at looking for religion shouldn't hurt. Um, if you'd like to be a part of the conversation, join our um, growing movement, um, hear our stories. Uh, there are lots of ways to connect and be a part of this which is a great setup for where we're going to go today within our conversation, discussing those ideas. Can you tell us a little bit about where that idea religion shouldn't hurt came from? What was sort of going on when you said, Hey, we've got to make this happen. Right. Um, yeah. Thank you for that question. Um, so a bit of the background on that is just trying to, um, I guess in experiencing a bit of religious trauma, harm, shame, et cetera, myself growing up, um, I was raised Southern Baptist. Um, I'm the son of a pastor and everything, and I'm a queer person. So there was a bit of uh, pain and hardship there. Um, and, and going through my own process of healing and, and reflection and um, uh, deconstruction of those, um, like the fundamentalist faith I was raised in, um, and trying to tease out what you know feels good and helpful and uplifting. Um, and, you know, let go of some of the things that don't feel true uh, and or that feel really harmful or, you know, what have you. Um, going through that process on my own really encouraged me uh, to be a part of other folks having those conversations, especially on social media. And that was a really important part of my healing journey. Um, and kind of going through that just saw a need for something like a religion shouldn't hurt campaign. Um, because there's a lot of folks, you know, we may not have the exact same story, but there's so much overlap, I think, um, in a lot of our stories and was just really reflecting on like, what is a message that various folks from religious and non-religious backgrounds, you know, religious trauma, harm, shame, survivors, et cetera, and folks who wouldn't say that they experienced, you know, trauma, perhaps, you know, what is a message that we could all connect with? Um, and ultimately landed on, you know, religion shouldn't hurt, um, thinking that it's, you know, it's the right message for the right time. Um, and that there's a lot of folks, I hope that 
um, can feel safe saying something like religion shouldn't hurt because it's not anti-religion, it's not anti-theistic. Um, it's simply, you know, courageously acknowledging the harm and trauma and, and the, you know, the effort that it takes to deconstruct, even if, you know, out of maybe a more fundamentalist faith, even if you wouldn't say that you experienced trauma or, or, or harm per se, um, just thinking that that's, you know, that's something that a lot of us can link arms and say together. Um, and that if we get into some trouble for that, that hopefully, you know, that's the good trouble um, that John Lewis speaks about and, and that others um, also talk about. So, um, yeah, that's a bit of the origin of the phrase and the effort there. Which is awesome. And I, I think, you know, to take it a step further, we probably need to define what religion means, you know, so when we say religion shouldn't hurt, what exactly is the framework that we're discussing? Yeah, good question. Um, so, uh, and this is certainly an evolving conversation. I just want to say that for everybody listening, um, you know, we are continuing to learn and grow and come together and expand and, and all of that. But um, I would say in the context that we're working with, with the, with the message of religion shouldn't hurt, that we're looking at as comprehensively um, as we can at religion, religious expression, ideas, doctrines, leaders, communities, um, the history, the legacy of these doctrines, of these institutions, um, of these um, non-institutionalized but still organized communities, um, trying to hit all the, you know, in many ways because harm can be perpetuated by any of those elements um, that, that we've kind of listed there. Um, just really wanting to make sure we cast a wide net to bring in as many folks as possible and to make sure that we are um, really make, making it a, a comprehensive, uh, what am I trying to say, like a very enriched, nuanced, um, celebrating, nuanced, you know, acknowledging uh, complexity there. Um, so yeah, anything to do with organized or, you know, communal religion, individual faith, individual ideas, doctrine, etc. is kind of a wide net we're casting there. Now, in my experience, maybe you can relate to this. When there has been harm, when there has been deconstruction needed within these religious frameworks, it's because we've elevated the spiritual pathway over the person's experience. We've said that this should align, that we, we've said that your life should align with this instead of this should be applicable to your life. Mm. Why do you think that we? elevate one over the other so just to make sure you know just to make sure i'm you know, understanding uh properly because i want to give this a good answer is a good question i um just trying to see you know why do we uphold the community or the institution or the or the practice over like human experience is that another way to kind of bend what you're saying or yeah uh, along that you know why is it everybody fall in line because this is what it says, as opposed to, why don't you tell me your story and where we can find God within that? Mm. Well, I just have to out myself real quick as a secular humanist for everybody. So I don't, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm being sneaky or anything. Um, but yeah, but moving forward with that, I, 
You know, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think that there's so much to human psychology and, you know, we are so social um, and we are drawn to find our community um, and to really identify that's such an important part of how we see ourselves and how we see the world that, um, yeah, I, and I think that that has a way of reinforcing a sort of um, in an in an out group dynamic um, that in many ways seems to be uh, an important part of the human experience. Um, and I think that, you know, through that desire to maintain a sort of strong community, there can come a, an, you know, a, a prioritizing of the group, of the concept that the group is, is built around or encouraged by, as opposed to hearing um, things that are, you know, as opposed to um, prioritizing hearing things that might feel like a threat to that sort of cohesiveness or a threat to that sense of community or identity. And I, and I really empathize with folks. Um, we, we are in a humanity, I would say, is in a sort of very interesting process right now of deconstructing a lot of things um, at the same time. And not just um, looking at our religious beliefs or traditions. Um, you know, we're looking at all sorts of stuff and, and really trying to run a lot of that through a harm reduction, trauma-informed um, lens. And, and so I, I just say all that to say, I really feel for folks, this is a, a challenging growing part of our collective human experience, I think. And with growth, there are growing pains um, and communication is hard. And, um, you know, we are in a sort of echo chamber environment in some ways with how we're communicating, um, you know, with um, social media and, and other um, developments over the last several decades. And I think it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard enough to be human anyway sometimes. And then you add these elements to it um, and it, it can be, it can be tricky. And so um, I think we're in the, the sweet spot of trying to figure out, you know, what, it, how do we best um, incorporate the need for inclusivity and compassion and harm reduction into our existing um, communities and ideas and, yeah, I guess that's a little bit squirrely to say um, it. It's hard to hear things that are hard to hear. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Now, you had mentioned the word trauma, and I think a lot of us understand what that word means. But for the sake of this conversation, when we say spiritual trauma, what exactly uh, do we mean by that? Is that just verbal abuse? Is that spiritual abuse? Is that physical abuse even? You know, what is under the umbrella of when we say spiritual trauma? Mm. So I would say um, that, you know, we use the language religion shouldn't hurt um, and talk about religious trauma. And I think within that, there's um, the issues of spiritual trauma um, and, and doctrinal trauma and all sorts of things. Um, I think that a good way to conceptualize it as trauma is not what happens to you. It's, it's what you carry because of what happened to you or because of what you were taught or what you were told or what you experienced. Um, and that religious trauma, um, you know, can take on all sorts of elements from um, physical or sexual abuse um, or violence. Um, it can be, um, uh, how a community treats you if you are a part of a 
a group or if you've done something that they don't agree with or that they say is um, inherently wrong or sinful or bad or evil or what have you. Um, it can be, you know, the trauma that you experience and care with you uh, that comes through ideas. Um, I know that that's a tricky point with some folks who want to say it's about the messenger. It's not about the message. Um, but I would argue that there are elements built into some of the messages that really I think are deserving of some um, brave conversations to look at, you know, what are the roots of these ideas? Are these ideas, um, you know, given the impact that this can have, you know, is this really something we stand by? Like, you know, is this maybe an important uh, reason to, to really look at that? Um, so I think that it can take on many different elements there. Um, and certainly part of um, perhaps spiritual trauma is just that these ideas or the justification for harmful experiences can be based out of um, calling on a higher power in backing you up with those ideas and that that can just exponentially um, increase the ability of of whatever that abuse or or shame or humiliation to impact an individual and, and communities. I mean, I think when you call on a higher power, you're calling on such intense um, justification for whatever it is you're calling on it for that it um, it can really increase the the stakes for any harm that may happen. So now the Instagram page has gained a very big following pretty quickly, including myself. We on the show very much support the work you're doing. Uh, telling stories and aligning with this movement. Uh, it, it's almost the anti-church movement, but what I find interesting is that a non-theist is sort of creating vernacular for people who would identify as following Jesus or having strong faith. You know, as a secular humanist, is that something that you feel responsible for? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, so I certainly feel responsible for creating a safe, inclusive environment for folks who are religious and non-religious, um, folks who are deconstructing um, more fundamentalist, high-demand religious backgrounds, um, folks who will remain within some sort of religious umbrella through that process, and folks who will find themselves outside of a, any religious paradigm um, through their deconstruction process. Um, and it's, it's very important to me to, to really make it clear that um, we are not an anti-religion movement. We are so many of the people who are telling their story, so many religious trauma survivors are religious individuals. Um, so like just from the outset, we are pro-pluralism. We are pro-multiculturalism. We are very in favor of coexist and do no harm and, and be very good, kind, loving neighbors, whether you're religious, non-religious, or anything beyond or in between that. Um, I have to admit, I'm not sure how to answer the question of, you know, is this the, the de-church movement? Um, and that certainly pulls red flags in my stomach, like, no, no, we're not against the church. We are, we're very much so in favor of folks finding community wherever they find it. Um, but just really trying to do that in a, in a trauma-informed, harm reduction, inclusive, compassionate, justice-based um, approach. 
and I think that that's the beauty of what you guys have done mm. is that it it's not necessarily saying something, but it's meeting the need where people haven't been able to express what they need. Mm. You know, in, in a sense, I'll speak from personal experience. In a sure. sense, as soon as I saw that title, uh, it, it was it was sent to me by by fellow deconstruction podcast friends, and I said, "Wow, that's really saying something." And <laughs> you you had barely had content up. Uh, but, it, you know, it started going and everything like that. And I realized, you know, this is vernacular for people who don't understand the emotional disconnect that they have with their church. Ah, yes. And it's it's powerful because that necessarily isn't your intention, but it's definitely meeting the need. Well, I will say, like, it is a sincere honor as someone outside of, a, you know, religion or outside of a religious community at this point to be able to help folks even within religious environments um, to help navigate important conversations for them and to encourage um, a greater sense of connectedness, even within religious communities. Like that is, I mean, honestly, that is like a deep honor. Um, and, and I, I, I think that again, it reinforces the whole point that like, we are not anti-religion. We are really just looking for like, what can we stand together on? You know, we don't, have shared theology, um, but we do have a shared commitment to compassion for humanity. And there's so very much common ground to be found in that common compassion um, that, that that is a place that we can operate out of together across these, um, across these divides. Um, and that there is so much to bring us in together. There's such a gra I feel like there's a gravity to that, that we can kind of co-orbit, even if we're also orbiting some other things as well that we're, you know, that we don't share together. Um, and yeah, I guess, honestly, there is, there is a hope that through this effort, we can encourage a, a sense of shared identity around uh, common humanity, common compassion for um, our shared humanity and, and, and to link arms and, and to do that lovingly and, and welcoming all sorts of folks and it's really honestly just like a pro humanity um, message as well. Um, because I think there, there is an element to, especially, um, I mean, I can speak from my own experience and I think that it, it's one that I've heard others say that um, a bit of the, some of the messaging that can come out of uh, more high demand and or fundamentalist religious uh, faith groups, communities, institutions can feel kind of uh, anti-human, um, can feel dehumanizing, can feel very um, dismissive of inherent human value and dignity and somewhat dismissive of human suffering. Um, and I think that there's folks in and outside of religion that are like, oh, no, 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 no. Like we got to, we must pay attention to all of this. You know, all of this is part of the human experience. And, and so, yeah, creating, like you're saying, the common vernacular, I haven't thought of it like that. I kind of like that. Um, for us to share, that's certainly a part of this um, campaign, a part of this effort. And not only that common vernacular, but you're also exactly what you had just said. I think where religion falls short is that humanity piece. And, you know, religious folks, I'll speak for myself, have mm -hmm. run the gamut of that. And they are left found wanting. Mm. And, you know, 
you grew up Southern Baptist. So as I, as I speak about this, you'll probably know what I'm talking about, but that's more of what Jesus was intending as opposed to just, hey, let's have all the same beliefs. Let's have let's have all the same dogma. The theology needs mm-hmm. to be airtight. And yet Jesus comes in and is like, well, no, you guys should love your neighbor. And that's more what your content is really promoting. Well, I will certainly take that as a beautiful endorsement for the Religion Shouldn't Hurt campaign. We can't uh, endorse it enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I hope that, you know, um, I hope that... Uh, if we could, yeah, I, I, that's tricky from a secular humanist level. I'm wanting to say, I hope that Jesus would approve of this without like stepping on any toes and also like, who am I to make that hope or, you know, but I would hope that, that maybe Jesus would be like, yeah, this, I stand by this, 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 that, yeah, what they said, you know. I think he uh, would. Yeah. Well, okay. We got you saying it. <laughs> yeah. I think he would. Yeah. Hopefully. And Troy, as we as we sort of wrap up our time, one of the things that we do on this show is always ask, you know, from your point of view, from your perspective, regardless of your belief or your your values, what's something that you think the church should do? And and throughout this conversation, we've sort of alluded to the fact that there are opportunities that that the church can step into to sort of humanize their efforts and not just uh, you know, excommunicate people based on belief. Yeah. What would you suggest that the church do to move in a more positive direction to make sure that religion doesn't hurt? Well, thank you. And I will, I will, as a non-religious person, speak very compassionately and from the heart. Um, I mean, I, I guess one of my biggest hopes is that moving forward, we can grow a welcome inclusion of religious trauma survivors and those talking about issues of religious trauma and why religion shouldn't hurt at um, especially like conferences, interfaith conferences, denominational conferences, um, to try to build in some institutional recognition um, and and to show from a you know an organized institutional faith uh, background, you know we care, we deeply care, we hear you, we see you, um, we see all of y'all, you know we we see. And that's part of our effort at, you know, Religion Shouldn't Hurt is trying to show folks just how commonplace a lot of these issues are so that we can engage in the necessary, tricky, but important work of talking about this together. So I think that if we could have a welcome, active, prioritized presence within religious, um, uh, you know, religious universities, you know, uh, interfaith and again, you know, faith conferences and things like that to um, have leaders show up and just listen to our stories and, and, to, and to validate our experiences um, and to affirm and, and commit to working in the struggle to um, retrofit their institutions or beliefs, their doctrines, um, to minimize the kind of harm that we've experienced. I think like there is so much beautiful healing magic to be found in that. Um, I think that's maybe one of my, one of my biggest hopeful uh, points that maybe can be incorporated moving forward. That's awesome. And thank you for that. Thank you for being on the show. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Can you tell people where we can find you online and how we can connect? Absolutely. And thank you. Um, so yeah, if uh, folks go to, we're on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Instagram is kind of our hub at the moment. Um, so religion shouldn't hurt um, on Instagram. We are telling first person narratives um of all different sorts you know so if you have a story you want to contribute you can reach out to the 
that group on Instagram. Um, we're going to be, you know, continuing to uh, collect all these stories that we can moving forward. So, or if you know someone that, you know, maybe would benefit from talking, you know, just speaking up and telling our stories can be so healing on its own. Um, we're here for every ounce of healing that can happen for all humans across all spectrums. So, um, yeah, religion shouldn't hurt. Uh, we'd love to hear your story and amplify it with us. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. We'll put it all in the show notes. But again, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. This was a true pleasure. And that wraps up this episode of The Dismantle. Thank you so much for listening. You can check us out on Instagram at DismantlePod. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. You can check us out on Patreon, where you can support the work of the show. And a big thank you to our Patreon supporters, Christine, Nikki, and Alexis. Until next time, don't complain about the things you're not willing to change. Change.